You are Locked On A's. Your daily Oakland A's podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Going A's fans, and welcome to a bonus episode of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke. And today we got a bonus episode because uh, the folks at Locked On sent me a clip of Paul Francis Sullivan, you can call him Sully, on the brand new Locked On Today podcast, talking about baseball in general. He's talking about Fernando Tatis and that big ass contract that just got signed on Wednesday night. He's talking about the thing that he's most excited about come baseball season because baseball is here you guys as uh, pitchers and catchers reported and uh so i'm gonna tell you guys a little bit real quick about what happened with the a's on wednesday as pitchers and catchers reported because there's some noteworthy stuff and also plug uh that the last episode that the, the last full episode that i'm giving you guys this week so before i send it over to sully and peter Rukowski of locked on today uh just real quick wh- here's what happened with the a's and that is uh number one sean murphy had a collapsed lung he got surgery on it they're expecting him to start baseball activities in March, start playing in games in the middle of March. They think that he'll be ready for opening day. And I have to believe them as far as that goes, because apparently the, the collapsed lung happened a couple of weeks ago, maybe three or four. Uh, they're, they're iffy on the timeline, according to the reporting, but, uh, Within that time frame, though, they also traded away Jonah Heim, who was Sean Murphy's backup last season. So obviously they've got to feel pretty decent about Sean Murphy being able to come back to 100% come opening day or else they wouldn't have included Jonah Heim in that deal. I know that they need a shortstop, but I don't know that they needed one that bad. Also, where else were they going to get a shortstop uh, of a decent caliber, let alone, uh, you know, Elvis Andrews, who's fine. Um, So that is the first thing. I don't think that it's going to have long term consequences, but. Uh, just according to the actions that the A's have taken. They also say that they feel pretty good about their catching core with, uh, you know, Austin Allen and Aramis Garcia, who they got in that deal that sent Jonah Heim to Texas and uh, a couple of other guys, you know, down in the minor leagues as well. That could become options, but they're not on the 40-man roster. So I think that uh, Garcia and Allen would be the main two guys if Sean Murphy is to miss any time. The next thing on the docket is Frankie Montas uh, is going to miss the first few days of camp because he has COVID. According to the protocols, he has to get at least two negative tests in a row to be able to rejoin the team. So they're thinking that it's going to be a few days. Um, Hopefully he's not going to fall too far behind in that amount of time. Because as I said last week, they're going to need guys to be able to throw innings. And if he's out, then it's going to be next man up. Obviously, it's going to be Caprillion or Jeffries or maybe Grant Holmes. But uh, it's going to be one of those three guys if he's not going to be ready for opening day. But it sounds as though they're not really worried about him missing too many innings, if any, in uh, spring training. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, AJ Puck, he's still... It's the same injury updates that you get this time of year all the time. So he's like, hey, he looks good. We're going to we want him as a starter, but we don't know. We're going to try and do what we can with him. So we'll see. And then uh, in best shape of his life news, Danny Jimenez. This is according to the uh, Alex Coffey of The Athletic. Danny Jimenez is uh, doing really good with the breaking ball. Bob Melvin said that they saw some things that they could work on with his breaking ball. It seems like they're taking and uh, he's made the improvements to his breaking ball. So all, all of a sudden they got a flamethrower who can throw 96, 97 and maybe 
maybe his breaking ball is going to be coming along. Maybe he's going to be a force in that A's bullpen. We'll have to find out and see because he's in the best shape of his damn life. So <laughs> welcome to spring training, everybody. Um, last thing before I send it over to Sully and Peter Bukowski is on Friday, I'm going to be recording my final episode of the week. It'll be released either Friday night or Saturday morning. And uh, I'm going to be talking about since the, the Padres now have an infield that is going to be making over $800 million over the totality of their contracts. And that immediately made me think of the A's $100,000 infield from the 1910 to 1914 seasons. And uh, so I'm going to be comparing statistically and, you know, arbitrarily and picking a winner arbitrarily, mostly, most likely. But uh, I'm going to be going between Eric Hosmer of the Padres. Then you got Hassan Kim. We don't know how he's going to be. So we're going to have to figure out a way to compare him to his counterpart with the A's at that time. Uh, You got Fernando Tatis, who's fantastic, but we're going to find a way to beat him too. And then you got Manny Machado. Should be easy to find a way to defeat him in a head-to-head battle with Home Run Baker. So uh, the A's had Home Run Baker at that time as their third baseman. Then you also got Jack Berry. He was good. Uh, You got Eddie Collins, Hall of Famer. And then you got uh, Stuffy McInnes, and that's a great name. So uh, maybe that'll come into play at some point. So uh, I'm going to be comparing these two infields to one another, deciding who's best. Uh, Statistics arbitrarily, it's going to be a lot of fun. So make sure to tune in on Friday for that one um, or Friday or Saturday, whenever it gets released. It's re- being recorded on Friday. So uh, make sure to hit subscribe wherever you like here in podcasts. Follow us on social media, Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter. If you have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. And here is Sully talking with Peter Bukowski of Locked On Today. If you like the show, make sure to subscribe to Locked On Today. Uh, and also, if you like just general baseball talk, subscribe to Locked On MLB because uh, Sully does a great job. He is a walking encyclopedia of baseball, and uh, he's a lot of fun to talk to. So here it is, their talk. I had nothing to do with this. They just sent it to me. So enjoy. Baseball is back with pitchers and catchers reporting yesterday. Joining me now to get you set for the 2021 baseball season, my friend and yours, Paul Sullivan Sully from Locked On Major League Baseball. And Sully, I want to get everyone set with this new baseball season But last night, we had a monster deal go down. The Padres and Fernando Tatis agreed on a 14-year, yes, one four years, $340 million deal. What was your reaction when you saw those numbers other than, wow, we are all going to be a lot older when this contract is up? Yeah, his contract will have a bar mitzvah. That's the type of contract that it's had. Um, yeah, the top, it's contract can go to high school. Uh, it's, it's wild. I started doing the, the math of when it's winding down and thinking of how old I'll be. And, uh, oh dear, that was, uh, that was eye opening. Uh, I must say, uh, it really upsets me when I see big market teams like San Diego <laughs> just signing all the free agents when small market teams like the Red Sox and the Cubs have to cut corners. And the Padres is gobbling up and just buy all these titles. You know, it's so bad for baseball. I think it's fantastic. First of all, that it's a small market team. You know, you know the Padres have for a long time been a poster child of the small, small market baseball. And that they're the ones who are acting like they're throwing money around like it's crazy. And they're the ones who are saying, heck with us. We've never won a World Series. Let's go for it. And they stumbled across a potential franchise player in Fernando Tatis Jr. 
Um, by the way, in other news, the White Sox are going to sign James Shields to a 14-year deal just to sort of even things out. Uh, those of you who don't remember, the White Sox in an absolute panic move to bring in a veteran starter traded for James Shields, and it coughed up Fernando Tatis Jr., and the Padres got a potential franchise perennial all-star MVP caliber player in the process. They essentially bought out his prime. They bought his prime. All the prime years of Fernando Tatis Jr.'s career are going to be in San Diego. And if it's not in San Diego, it's going to be on their terms, like if they have to make a deal or something like that, which they probably won't. And I think it's I think it's wonderful. I love, you know, this is essentially what people had been screaming about when the Red Sox and Yankees were buying all the free agents, you know, that weren't nailed down between 2002 and 2007. And they all seemed to, you know, they seemed to be two black holes just sucking in every free agent known to man. And the thing I kept hearing people complain is, oh, I want to see teams other than the Red Sox and Yankees, some of these teams wish they could keep some of their stars for the long term. Well, now they are. And I'll tell you something that could be really, really fun. And I'm being a little selfish when I say this because I'm living in Southern California. The Dodgers have Mookie Betts signed long term. The Angels have Mike Trout signed long term. The Padres have Fernando Tatis Jr. signed long term. So now we have these three tremendous superstars who are going to be staying put, and the fans in those fan bases can get emotionally attached to those players, and there's nothing wrong with that. The only thing wrong with that is all of us on the East Coast who have to stay up for, for 10.05 first pitches, Sully. That is that is the, the, the downside in all of this. Um, so and, and I know that you West Coasters are not going to cry any tears for us over here. Um, I live both the East Coast and West Coast. Let me tell you, there is no better place to be as a baseball fan than the West Coast because those 5 o'clock World Series start times are the best. <laughs> They're civilized. Even when the Red Sox and Dodgers went 18 innings, I still got a decent night's sleep that night. Yeah, you could have probably gone out and hit some balls and still had daylight if, if you wanted to on the golf course. As we as we move forward here, spring training around the corner. Um, that means games are are really around the corner. So give me give me the one big storyline that fans who are maybe you know they're they're coming out of their football stupor. Um, they're they're okay. I got basketball for a couple of weeks. Oh, baseball's back. What is the one thing that those fans need to know as we head into the spring here? Well, I think it's to extend a little bit on what we were just talking about, and that is the San Diego Padres had the most busy offseason, and they were a very exciting, good team last year. But they picked up Hugh Darvish. They picked up Blake Snell, They who are two wonderful pitchers who are going to fit perfectly into what is already a very strong pitching rotation. Uh, Joe Musgrove is not a bad pickup either. Uh, they have Manny Machado there. Uh, and, and one of the most exciting teams to watch in baseball will be San Diego. And the, the defending World Series champs, the Dodgers, picked up a social mit, misfit who perfectly timed a wonderful 11 games in Trevor Bauer, who's essentially going to be their number three starter. The highest paid player in the game is going to be the Dodgers' number three starter. 
if you are just want to see good baseball, the potential knockdown dragout between the Dodgers and the Padres could be some of the best baseball you see all year if you're just a pure baseball fan. I think a couple of things to make note of is that the Atlanta Braves, uh, you know, kept their team together. I think in bringing back Ozuna, I think that they are going to be a very, very fun team to watch. The Mets remained the strangest organization in baseball. Everything should have been roses and petals falling from the sky with the new ownership and the Wilpons finally gone and the acquisition of Tatis. Uh, a, a flurry of absolutely disgusting and humiliating headlines involving the general manager and former manager and just the culture of the team just makes you go, oh, God, what a cesspool. Um, but they should remain, they should be an interesting team. That whole division should be interesting there. Uh, and the, the St. Louis Cardinals, who a couple of years ago poached Paul Goldschmidt, from one West, you know, uh, NL West team, the Diamondbacks, they poached another perennial all-star in Nolan Arenado. And while that is a weird and kind of weak division, the NL Central, uh, the Cardinals are going to be a very exciting team. Hey guys, I'm sorry. They, the audio cut off randomly uh, just a few seconds after that. So I Picked a nice spot to cut it for you guys. I assume that the rest of it is on Locked On today if you guys want to hear more about that. Uh, he definitely says that the A's are going to win the World Series. Gives you guys a reason why and uh, goes into basically another half an hour on why the A's are the best team in the American League. So make sure to check out Paul Francis Sullivan on Locked On today. I'm joking. I don't know what he actually says. It cut off randomly talking about the uh, the Yankees and the Dodgers. So uh, he was going into the American League, and uh, I, I don't know what he said, but I'm going to be tuning in to Locked On today. Please join me uh, and you know also subscribe, I guess. But anyways, that's it for me today, you guys. I'll be talking to you guys here in the next couple of days. So until then, stay indoors and celebrate good times, Oakland. Keep wearing those masks, and I will talk with you guys soon.